Welcome to The Thriving Christian Artist, the podcast where we hope you connect with God to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live as an artist in His kingdom. I'm Matt Tama, your host. Let's get started. Well, hey there, my friend. I'm really glad that you're with me on the podcast today. I've got our interview today from my great friend, Vivian Hibbert. She is actually a New Zealander who's been, of course, living in the U.S. for, gosh, 30 plus years now. But she is one of those people that is such a well of not only anointing, but knowledge and wisdom when it comes to worship and uh, God's word. And I just can't wait to to share with you the interview that, that we had. She actually has just come out uh, with a re-release of a book that she did years ago called Prophetic Worship, which is really the standard when it comes to understanding God's presence in worship. And uh, it's great for individuals, great for churches, great for anybody that just wants to flow in everything that God's got for them in worship uh, and in freedom and learning what worship is, not just as something that we do for God, but something that we do with him, where we're not only offering our worship and praise to God, but also stopping to listen and interacting with him as we continue the worship experience. It's just a great interview. It's a great book, and you're going to really enjoy uh, our time together today. Now, of course, before we get started in that, I'd love to give a shout out to all my podcast listeners uh, who are leaving reviews wherever you're listening. And Ashley left a great review over on Podbean. Uh, she's listening over there and it says, Matt, I'm beyond excited to see what God is going to show me and do with me this year. I'm believing that this year my art and life manifests amazing fruit. In Jesus' name, I declare it and receive it. Thank you, Matt, for following your calling and being such an encouragement. I love knowing God loves uh, my artist mind and that he can use it for his glory. He is, after all, the ultimate creative. Well, Ashley, thank you so much. And uh, I always appreciate the opportunity to read reviews from all you guys that are listening out there and taking the time to subscribe to and review the podcast. It just, it means the world to me. And uh, it really is a big, big encouragement for me and the team as we continue uh, just trying to produce a podcast that encourages you and points you to Jesus and everything that you're doing as an artist. So thank you, Ashley, and thanks to all of you that are that are doing that on a regular basis. Well, guys, I'm going to get out of the way. You're going to love uh, this interview with my friend Vivian Hibbert. And of course, right down in the show notes, uh, you'll be able to click and go directly to her website, grab the book if you want to, and of course, any of the other tons of awesome resources that she has at VivianHibbert.com. All right, here you go. Here's my interview with my friend Vivian Hibbert. Well, hey there, my friends. I'm so glad that you're with me on the podcast today. I've got one of my, I'm not going to say old friends, but longtime friends, Vivian mm-hmm. Hibbert with me. Vivian, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. It's a pleasure and a privilege, Matt. Wonderful, wonderful. Absolutely. I was just telling somebody the other day, I said, I'm so excited to have Vivian on. It's been a while since we've chatted. And um, there are a few people that I get in with uh, over my head pretty quickly. One was David Vancouvering, who's now going to be with the Lord. One is Ray Hughes and one is Vivian Hibbert because uh, the things that you talk about and the depth at which you talk about them are so incredible. And so I'm so excited to introduce you for the first time to many of my audience, but also to reintroduce you to, to so many. Tell folks kind of who you are and, and what you do in the kingdom. Well, I, I live in Texarkana, Arkansas. But you can probably tell from my accent. That's I'm right. From there originally. I'm from New Zealand, 
I've lived in America for over 30 years, so I'm trying to be an American, because like, I'm an American. American, that's right. I'm American. I'm a now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, I, I love I love it here, I, I, and I travel and teach on, on worship. And one of the things that's just in the last few years I've gotten to more and more is playing instruments from different nations. And mm. I, I just love doing that. I love being able to go in and finding the sounds that God has hidden in different nations and learning how to play those. So, you know, this is a totally, uh, just a side note here, but it may be great for our listeners too. Have you come across a guy named Caleb Byerly? No. Caleb came and uh, was a part of our gathering of artisans conference a couple of years ago. And the Lord, um, supernaturally downloaded to him a design for an instrument and i mean through all of this prophetic stuff turns out it was an ancient instrument of a tribe over in um like the philippines area whatever that area is called over there he had the chance again so totally supernatural <laughs> kind of connections to visit that tribe find out that it was their instrument take it to them and uh, the whole tribe got saved. Oh. They've now come to the Lord. Worship is breaking out. But he, he's, he's now creating instruments for these indigenous cultures. And I so thought of you oh, when, you know, because you are, hold that so much, the sound of nations. And I was like, yes, yes. i got to get you guys together anyway. Oh, I want to. I want to. <laughs> that is so yeah. awesome. You know, one of the things I love about you, Vivian, when you've come to be with us and when I've had the chance, we met at Caritas, I guess, uh, conference yes. back years ago. I love the fact that um, even though you are a musician's musician and a theologian's theologian, you love freedom in the presence of God. You love to yes. what, what we call flow in the presence, I guess, you know, just to, yes. to ride the waves of his presence. Was that always your experience? I mean, how did, how did you come into the Lord and and begin to to understand that kind of freedom because for a lot of people that's not their experience they they may be in a much more traditional kind of uh hemmed in sort of worship experience and right. they don't understand that you know well you know i think corporate worship just flows out of our personal worship a personal yeah. relationship and when i got saved in new zealand back in 1969 the beginning of the jesus movement i mm my parents were not all that thrilled about me being born again. <laughs> they thought that you became a Christian when you got christened. And so yeah. they were quite upset with me. And I, I actually was only allowed to read the Bible five minutes a day and I was stopped from going to church, but I had to develop this relationship with the Lord where I talked to him and he talked to me. And even so as a young teenager, I started to hear God's voice and have that, that flow between God and myself. And I just think our, Corporate worship is an extension of that mm. because when we worship, we do all the singing and all the talking and we dance for him and we clap for him and whatever people do, whether it's a liturgical service or a contemporary service, yeah, it's us going this way towards God, which is perfectly fine. But we miss the second part, which is God wanting to come back and talk to us. Mm. And so it's just, it, it just makes sense to me that it doesn't matter what style of worship you have, whether it's hugely contemporary or tr very, very traditional, doesn't, the, the style isn't the important thing. 
It's that we would allow God to actually talk back to us in church and be there and to intentionally recognize and participate in his presence. Oh, so, that's so good. <laughs> so that's basically the, the, the core of it. It started when I was a young teenager. Wow. And I couldn't see why we couldn't have that when we all got together. I agree. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And you know, the times that we've been together in worship and I mean, the way you lead, uh, I mean, it's just so incredible because I think you have such a sense. Um, I mean that we would all have this sense, but you have such a beautiful sense of being able to hear and listen and feel what God's doing in a meeting and be able to pull all those pieces together. And that just comes with, with years of doing that, right? I mean, just, right. just the ability to flow. And Yes. I, I used to uh, work with children a lot, and I would teach them how to hear God's voice and actually share that. And one time, this, I, they'd say the craziest things. One time a little boy said, God told me to tell you it's time for our snack. <laughs> <laughs> and when you work with kids and they come up with these wild things and you have to kind of make it corporate and bring everybody into it, you start to really get your muscles going on how That's to right. really hear and to be able to hear from children and the word of God and, and the different artists because because that's where the arts come in. That's what's so exciting that's in right. your ministry working with artists is that God has given us the artists to actually be, to create windows into heaven, to be able to see and hear and touch and taste and sense, feel God. Mm. That's our job. So every believer has the privilege of worshiping, but as artists, we have the privilege of describing him. And so we get to, in that corporate presence of God, we get to, with our fingers and our painting and our feet and all the different arts, that's what's so rich about creative, prophetic worship with all the artists involved. I and, love that. Because, we, you know, we talk about a lot in the mentoring program and other things, just this idea that our art creates, I call them intersection points, you know, sometimes yeah. where we create something, but God uses that as a vehicle to interact with people. And, right. you know, that happens obviously in corporate worship. I think that's our primary place that we're I do too. using I do. that to worship the Lord, but it also happens in the marketplace as that worship flows out. Right. 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 Well, well, I see art. God used God's an artist and he mm. uses that to reveal his glory. It says the heavens. That's right. Declare the glory. And then he uses art to communicate and he uses art for pleasure. Mm. And the world took the pleasure part and we've tended to copy that in the church and used art primarily, primarily for pleasure. But I think the primary uh, purpose for art that God originally intended was for us to be those that reveal his glory, yes. his beauty, yes. whatever way that is, that we would behold his beauty and we would describe his beauty in the earth. Because that's where transformation comes, right? God shows up, things get transformed, right? That's right. Exactly. It's so everything that we're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I love it when people come in my gallery or see my work at a show or my basketry work or whatever, you know, and it's not the traditional thing that you would think about as worship necessarily. But right. when I've invited the Holy Spirit into what I'm doing and into my studio, when when people walk into that, they walk into a different atmosphere, right? And people, are, people are so funny, especially, you know, new age people. They're like, whoa, 
this is the energy in here is so great. It feels so good. I'm like, yeah, it does. <laughs> Let me tell you why, you know, yeah. the, yeah. we're, we're inviting God's presence to, to be in and through and among everything, everything yes. we're doing. So Nate, Vivian, you have just re-released a book uh, that you wrote a lot of years ago called prophetic worship. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that today because again, people that maybe listen to the podcast coming from lots of different streams of the body of Christ and everything, they may not necessarily understand fully what the word prophetic or the phrase prophetic worship means and that sort of thing. So take us just maybe start at the very beginning with that. What do you mean by prophetic worship? And I'm sure we're contextualizing a lot of just what we, what we've been talking about. Right. Well, it is it prophetic worship is presence worship. Mm. And that's what worship's supposed to be. So there's actually no term in the Bible, prophetic worship. But that's what worship's supposed to be. Worship is supposed to be where we enter his gates with thanksgiving, come into his courts with praise, and then God's there. And once he's there, we worship. And worship is a response to his manifest presence. But, but when God presences himself among us, we get to participate in worship when his voice is there in the worship. Yeah. As I said before, most of the time we're coming in, we might be thinking about lunch, we might be thinking about the kids, we might be, you know, we say, oh, praise God, hallelujah, when's the message on? You know, when's the sermon? <laughs> you know, but if we just linger in, the, in that song or linger in the presence, let God talk back to us, that's what prophetic worship is. It's just worship that has his voice and his presence somewhere, somehow, whether it's in the communion, whether it's in a friend or a hug or a child or an instrument or a dance, it's just somewhere where God reveals and shows up, reveals himself. And, and we take, so that's happening all the time. It's just, we have not been aware of it in most of our churches. So there's an, if I'm, I'm hearing you correctly, I think there's gotta be then on the part of leaders, but also on the part of the congregation, a real intentionality about right. cultivating cultivating it. room, yeah. making room, right? Right. So three groups of people in your church have to actually be aware of this and help to make it happen. The leadership have to theologically understand that worship's not just a preliminary before the main event, which is the preaching. Right. So just singing a few songs to gather everybody together before the preaching. No, the 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 worship is is they have to have a theological understanding that this is where God meets with his people. Mm. And then the worship team, whether it's your organist or whether it's a contemporary worship team have to know how to handle that because we get to handle it. We get to steward it. Yeah. We get to administrate it. And then, <coughs> excuse me, the congregation, they have to, recognize that they're not an audience we've treated the church as an audience for two thousand years mm. but they're not an audience there's no audience in worship we, we 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 got clever and then we said oh well god's the audience of one but he's <laughs> not an audience at all he's a participant in the communion between heaven and earth oh that's and so the, good and and the conversation the journey that we go on because the bible says we're entering his gates we're coming into his courts or come boldly to his throne. There's that sense of movement where we're actually moved from this earthly sphere into a heavenly dimension when we come to worship. And That's the so good. Have to see that they're not just there 
oh well i like this song or yeah comes are too loud or it's too cold or you know they've, they've actually got to move and go into the very courts of god and participate in this holy communion together it's awesome i think you know when we anytime in our life individually also corporately when we lose the dynamic of responding to his voice we can really get in you know kind of religious terms if you will quote unquote you know we try to start doing things for god as opposed yeah. to doing things with him with and it's him. like yeah. jesus said listen i only do the things i see the father doing <laughs> i'm not yeah. out here trying to make my name for god i'm trying to flow with him right. with the holy spirit and what he's doing and i think especially for artists who may be participating in the context of corporate worship or maybe worshiping in their studio that intentionality of cultivating the relationship of flowing with holy spirit right is just is just vital right 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 you you see this happening um in in so many scriptures there's so many scriptures where you see god actually inserting himself into the worship yes but one of the greatest examples of it is in isaiah chapter 6 in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah saw the Lord. And there's actually three kinds of categories that God speaks about. His favorite subject is he speaks about himself. Mm. And he came and he revealed his holiness to Isaiah through the songs of the angels. And, and Isaiah was undone. He says, I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the king. So when he saw the king, he saw himself. And then God came to that second subject that we're, is usually our favorite subject, where he talks to us about us. And he touched Isaiah's mouth. And then there's the third subject, when Isaiah heard God say, Who, who's going to go for us? Who can we mm. send? And Isaiah said, I will go. And so the third kind of category, if you like, of subjects that God touches on when he does come among us, he talks about himself, he talks about us, but he talks about our work alongside him mm. as we go into the world. And so even your worship in your church can literally be bringing the, the kingdom into the atmosphere over your city and over your nation. You'll be touching nations. You, worship moves into an intercessory role. So worship and intercession become intermingled. So we get oh, to do so stuff good. with God. It's awesome. <laughs> we get to go into his courts and do stuff. It's just amazing. I love it. I love it. You also, you know, you said earlier, and I just want to kind of reiterate that, that, and I've, you know, having been a worship pastor for a long time and still leading worship from time to time, you realize that corporate worship is absolutely an overflow of what's going on in people's individual lives. And, uh, you know, for an artist, um, one of the things I talk about a lot is, you know, inviting the Holy Spirit into your, into your studio, creating with him, that sort of thing. What would you say to an artist out there who maybe is not in a church where this kind of freedom is the norm, but they've got total freedom in their studio or with a, maybe a small group of artists that they're gathering with. How could they begin to cultivate God's presence and, and hearing his voice in the context of worship for them so that they can maybe be an ember that gets blown into, into flame in, in where they are. Well, this is what we're talking about is not Pentecostal worship. So people mm, don't need to good. be afraid or even afraid of the word prophetic. Prophetic isn't just, oh, well, 
I'm coming in three weeks, says the Lord. You know, it's not <laughs> right. Prophetic is just God's presence and voice among us. That's good. And and every church believes in that. It doesn't right. matter whether your church does not allow freedom, you know, like we're talking about. But if if they can t- take it in small bites, every church believes in the word. And I so believe this has to be word-based. Yeah. And so even if you went to the pastor and said, um, you know, today during the singing of that hymn, uh, God put in my heart a particular scripture. Is is it okay if I share it? You know, I'm sure that would be okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just if you take little bites for your for your church, just learning how to do things, even if they have a special service like for an Easter or Christmas or a special service, and you introduce the arts and you introduce some kind of flowing or or something like that. So actually hearing his voice is easy because he's always talking and he wants us to hear his voice. So it's not a trick. And we have to (laughs) find him in all the ways that are presented to us, even in the communion table and, and in the, just the different parts of the service, whatever your church does, learn to recognize them there. And as, as the word that you use, being intentional about it yeah. and, and pointing it out because people miss him. They miss him in nature. They miss him in the word. They miss him in, in, in the friends that we have. And, and we miss him in our dreams and in our quiet place inside. But to actually learn how to hear his voice, and you can tell it's his voice because it's always life-giving. Mm, that's and good. So, so don't don't go to your pastor and you know talk about something weird. Make sure you've got something that's life-giving and something yes. that's really from the Lord. And, Absolutely. And he'll burn it in your heart. So take it in small bites. Use the word. And um, even in small groups, if your church has small groups, maybe you can start flowing there in your small group. Yeah, absolutely. I know so many artists now are starting, you know, in our mentoring program, we have meetup groups that are all over the world now. Artists starting to gather together to worship and to just pray for each other and encourage one another and that sort of thing. But I love what you said about, you know, that, that we're the whole idea of seeing different aspects of, of God, because I think that's the real gift to the body of Christ that artists bring is we see things differently. We see things that other people miss. We notice the details. We right. notice the right. the nuances of the way the wind blows or a color is <laughs> light comes exactly through the window right. or whatever. That's our gift. And to to not bring that out in the in the context of worship is is missing a huge part of, of what I believe God wants to do through us, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. That's so it, it good. Makes, it makes it everything so rich. Mm, you yes. add the depth of what artists see. And that's why <coughs> artists tend to have, I think, attached to the gift is this prophetic anointing. It's part of the gift, yes. whether you like it or not. I think the Beatles were prophetic. Mm. And, you, know, or, you know, you can mention all of those, whether they're Christians or not, that they have a prophetic anointing whether they've recognized it or not. And so it, it just comes with the charity. And so often we turn that in on ourselves. Right. We introspective and we become moody and all of those things. Well, I'm just an artist. I can get away with it. We don't have to <laughs> get away with it. God gave it to you for a purpose. That's right. So that you'd be able to hear his voice and describe his wonders 
and his beauty. And, and we need artists in the church. That's and right. they've been squashed. I mean, it started, the church started because the Catholic church for years and years, everything was in Latin. And so they would put the pictures all through the ceilings and down the walls and there'd be, there'd be beauty and the architecture and everything was to tell the story of the gospel and to point to God. And then after the Reformation, we, we kind of got very much into the word, and, and which is great, but they dismissed the artists. Right. And so the, the church for centuries has been artist uh, poor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, visually poor and sensory poor. There. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's what God is doing in raising up this army of artists all over the world is he's bringing, you know, a, a new maturity and a new balance back to what the body of the expression of the body of Christ in worship. That we yes, can, exactly. It's, it's not, you know, Jesus didn't come with a, a list of rules or a list of do's and don'ts. You know, he came, the gospel wrapped in story, right? The gospel the, uh, wrapped in beauty. And I think yes. that is our role as artists, not only to, you know, can God use us to, make a living and to do the things we do artistically in the marketplace and all that, but also to enhance and, and be a part of, of, the, of its worship uh, in the context yes. of the local church. It's, exactly. it's so beautiful. You know, Vivian, I know one of the things that, that I'm always telling God or telling people about God, artists about God in particular, is that God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your yes. And That's I know to, to be, to, to really walk in the prophetic, um, it requires a boldness, doesn't it? I mean, it requires a willingness to step out, even when you might be nervous, even when you're like, I've never done this before, or I think this is the Lord, but I'm not sure. So what would you say to somebody maybe right now that's like, man, I want this, what she's talking about, but I'm still a little bit nervous. I don't want to do it wrong. I don't want to, you know, step out there too soon or whatever. What would you say to that? Well, well, that desire not to do it wrong is is exactly what God wants. He, you know, it's that it's really the fear of God, mm. and and that's what He loves in us. And you know, it's okay to make a mistake. I mean, yeah. it's it's even okay to make a mistake in this in this realm. You know, there's not going to be any lightning come down from heaven, <laughs> and and the Holy Spirit is so gracious, and it's so possible to to go back if you make a mistake. But, but when, when you think you've got something, it's either going to come from one of three places. It's either the devil, you're making it up yourself, or it came from God. Right. It's either one of those three. We can pretty much dismiss the devil. If you have a heart that's walking in the fear of God, and you're, not wanting, you're wanting to please God, I don't, I, the devil's not there talking in your church. Let's just dismiss right. the devil. So even if you created it yourself, and it's come out of your own heart, that's not all bad. It's okay. We can, you know, we can learn from there. Sure. But step out and you'll know that it's God because there's fruit in it. As I said, there's life in it. So just, just step out and start small. Start with the word. You'll yeah. never go wrong if you base it on the word. And, well, you and know, and I'm, just, I'm just a believer. I believe that God wants us to get this more than we want to get it. You know, right. it, this is his story, right? Right. <laughs> And as but we're remember, learning, if you're going to share something, don't go on for half an hour. Exactly. <laughs> don't don't monopolize the time. Don't right. don't outweigh your welcome. Just be short and be life giving. Yeah. And think about others and prefer others, and make sure you're being a servant in your church. The best way 
to subdue the self and making it up yourself is to be a servant in your body. Go and clean the toilets if they're dirty. Go and serve somebody who's sick. Go to an old person's home and mow their lawn. Take somebody a cake. Take a young person out to a movie yeah, yeah. who's struggling in their faith. You start serving your body and the self will start to die in you. And that's mm-hmm. what's needed is for us to have the fear of God and self to die. And it's pretty hard to get it wrong because God's talking all the time. That's so if good. you serve your body, they'll hear what you have to say. That's right. Yeah, so many people want to be recognized first. And it's like, yeah, let the Lord recognize you by serving others. Right. You know, right. promotion doesn't come from the north, south, east, or west, right? But from the right. Lord, he'll, he'll raise you up at the right time. And yes. so, um, yeah, the, the flesh hates to serve. It certainly hates to serve unseen. So make right. sure it's unseen service. <laughs> Well, Vivian, I'm so glad the Lord has raised you up in this hour and in this generation. And um, you have been a voice and an encouragement to me and to thousands all over the world. And um, I just believe the best is yet to come with all that God's doing uh, in your life. I know that people are going to want to get in touch with you and uh, maybe invite you to speak at their church or come to a conference that you're going to be at or get your new book, you know, prophetic worship, the re-release. So where's the best place that they can connect with you? The best place is vivianhibbert.com, but you have to spell Vivian the New Zealand way. V I V I E N E N. That's right. A N is a boy's name in my country, but Vivian and then Hibbert H I B B E R T vivianhibbert.com. And my, uh, the books available there and my schedules there and awesome kinds awesome. of stuff. And we'll put all that in the, in the notes right here on the podcast so that everybody can see that and click right to it. But Vivian, yeah. thank you so much for being with me today. It's been uh, just you, a Matt. real pleasure to, to reconnect with you. It's lovely to see you, Matt. You're mentioned in the book, by the way. Oh, how wonderful. I'll have to send you one. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.